Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second estate. I'm nodding for some reason. <laughs> as yes. always, yes. Wait, it's like, so what's it called? Active listening. Yeah. Um, as always, we are your host. I'm Sarah Bale. I'm Hannah Seymour, and in today's episode, we're talking about the HRification of relationships um, based on the Bustle article written by Rebecca Fishbean. Uh, the idea that TikTok is killing the Australian music industry and Ariana Grande's recent uh, TikTok video addressing um, body shaming. Yeah. And that's it. Also, by the way, guys, I was sick last week, which you may remember. Mm. After that, I just became sicker and then completely lost my voice. Oh, your voice is back. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's now, yesterday I still couldn't talk, but now like... there was magically came back for our Monday report. Amazing, really. Yeah. Uh, but the last like three days have been rough. Like it's been really hard to yeah. speak. And you know how much I love to speak. Yeah. Like, it's hard for you. When you were like, should I come to the pub? Because I can't... Sp- for a knockoff on Friday. Yeah. She was like, oh... I can't speak like that. Will that annoy you, everyone, if I come to the pub and I don't talk? And, and we were just like, Hannah, I don't know if you have the ability not to talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that it's, that, but like, that. it's also like I, I, I get it got, it was getting so exhausting that sometimes yeah. I just be like, it's not like, what do you say? Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's like, too annoying. It's too I annoying. I can't repeat yeah. myself. Like, even at work, I was like, I just, I was going up to tables and just like try, trying to say, you put a whiteboard around your yeah, neck. Like, yeah, like trying to say what I needed to say in like the most succinct yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, someone's yeah. like, coffee? <laughs> Like try. Hey guys, would anyone like it? No. Yeah, so, I was like, coffee. <laughs> anyway. That's fucking funny. Um, um, yeah. yeah, no, because I can't remember on Saturday night. Did you still have your voice? No. Yeah. Holly said I seemed like I was like mute because I was. Yeah, you were all the words. actually. Yeah, yeah, you were being. Um, I was like, oh, Hannah's being quiet, but then I realized like, you being couldn't quiet. speak. Never in yeah. your life have you been quiet. No, like, it's weird. So there must also, be something wrong. Just thinking. Yeah, I'm like Hannah's really sad. Like, um, just thinking we. Of all three years or whatever that we've done this, none of us have ever, neither of us have ever been like sick to the point of not being able to, like, that's quite remarkable. Like there's been times where you like close, but we've never fully been like, neither of us can speak. I think that's only happened to me once in my life though, that I've had like been that. um, If I, if we, if I had been the way I was two days ago now, I don't reckon I'd be able to do it. Yeah, it's serendipitous. It's just too painful. Anyway, um, before we actually get cracking on the topics today, just a couple of notable mentions. Kim Kardashian and Emma Roberts are going to be an American Horror Story. Yeah, I did see that. I don't care. Really? I kind of do. I like Emma Roberts, though. I find her really camp and funny. I love her. Yeah. I I will, like, tune in to watch Kim Kardashian in that one episode. Of course. Oh, do you think it's just going to be one? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, surely she's just making a cameo. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Do you watch the show? Uh, I've watched the first series. So did I. The one where they're in that house mm. and the guy's in the gimp suit. Something like that. Yeah. I like my sister watched it. I think and I would like see episodes mm. over her shoulder. Yeah. Um, no, I do care. Sorry, but I'm not, I feel like there's been like a massive hullabaloo, hullabaloo around yeah. it, which is, nah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I thought, uh, I'm not going to lie. My assumption was that Kim was in more than one episode. That would be pretty epic. Purely because of the – because wasn't Lady Gaga like in like one season of that show and I thought it would be the same but also like she can act and I don't know if Kim Yeah, Kim can. really can't. Yeah. Like no hate. I just like I've seen her yeah. try and mm. she's not – but you know, the, the girl put a lot of effort into SNL so like maybe she's she really invested in some yeah. lessons. Maybe she's just kind of like playing a version of herself so it's not so strenuous. Yeah. Emma Roberts strikes me as – you know, she's like friends with Leah Michelle and there's yeah. like rumours that she's like – A massive bitch. Awful. Yeah. She is similar to Leah Michelle in the sense that, like, sh- they can only get cast in Ryan Murphy productions. Yeah. Because, because he whatever, loves bitchy women. He loves bitchy women. Yeah. How to him, honestly. Yeah, honestly. He's yeah. out there supporting the ladies. Bitchy women. Yeah, fully. I reckon. Represent bitchy women. Like, more roles of bitchy women in, in Hollywood. It's Thank true. You. I mean, like, I, we all saw how Hugh Grant spoke to that chick on the red carpet about that other thing. Like, he was absolutely awful. So, like, if he, and he's still happily working. Nobody calls him a bitch. Yeah. If anything, he's like well regarded. Yeah, and that was bitchy behavior. And he's a grumpy old man, so yeah, exactly. And I'm happy for him to be cast in things. Yeah. The other thing sure. is, um, Jake Bell went missing and then went on <laughs> missing. Right. And like, obviously, I have not looked into any of the details of this yeah. thing. But people talk about. I just wanted to make this point at the top yeah. of the episode. People talk about the fact that, like, you know, Amanda Bynes and Britney Spears, like, are stars who have like been child stars and then and then sort of mm. quote unquote gone off the rails. I'm yawning, apologies. No, but 
not enough people acknowledge the truly absurd life of Jake Bell. Yeah, that's true. The number Did he get in trouble for like something really serious? With minors. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, right. No, he's that man's and he's troubled. A musician, right? Yeah. Incredibly popular in Mexico and Mexico alone. Did you know that? No. I'm gonna send you some videos because that man is like a bona fide star, like pop star in In Mexico. Mexico. Yep. And he's that not is Mexican. So random. I remember when like Drake and Josh was was on the air. I was like, he's the hottest guy that's ever existed, and he's so cool because like he like played the guitar and like was like had. A, I feel like he sang the theme yes, song did. of the yeah. of the show, and I was like, wow, like hottie, ho- like so hot. And then yeah, yeah. And him and him and um, Josh. I watched a very long YouTube essay about yeah. this. Obviously, this is why I know the details. Um, I I think it was Deep Dive the the channel Deep Dive. Shout out to the channel Deep Dive. They do some excellent. YouTube journalism. Yeah. Um, YouTube journalism. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they did a video on this and um, Josh has since – he was in like the vlog squad. So yeah. he's kind of done that thing similar to – Oh, yeah. I did know that. I did know that he's like – Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Similar to um, our other Disney – what's her name? Our queen. Uh, the one who does walks in the bush with a full face of makeup. Oh, Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> similar vibe of like goes from – a full star yeah. to an influencer, yeah, like yeah, that yeah, pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's now like big on the internet and he wanted to do – and Drake has like a lot of bitterness towards Josh yeah. because Drake really wanted to keep the duo going oh, throughout right. their careers, whereas Josh didn't want to. He, he always undone. saw himself yeah. as a solo person. Gotcha. And uh, yeah. I love how much detail you know, I know. about these people. And, and um, there was going to be a reboot – Right? Oh, was it? There's going to be a reboot of Jake yeah. and Josh that Josh wanted to write, so he wrote it. Oh wow! Um, and wanted to like direct it and shit. He wrote the like the pilot or whatever. Yeah, and sent the script to Drake, and Drake basically was like, "We can't do this because the way that Josh had written it was that he was like a." A, a failed or a successful really successful real estate agent yeah and drake was a failed musician who was only popular in mexico <laughs> like it was just like his way actual like, life. yeah and it was like making fun it was like really i think funny. using like racial stereotypes about mexicans okay, right, right, and drake right. bell was like we can't do this because it's like and he's spoken very openly on his podcast wow. with his wife about this wait drake has a podcast with his wife do you think drake- maybe not anymore since he went missing but- yeah <laughs> do you think drake like really resents Drake, the rapper. Maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Yeah, like he um, would be like, how the fuck am I – like Drake isn't that common of a Drake name. Drake Bell had every chance of like – Being the Drake. Yes. It would be like Cher if another Cher came yeah. on. She'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. How? Yeah. And, that but would I think, suck. you know, based on some of his misdemeanors, like I don't think he's a – Ridiculously great guy. No. But he then the, – the, the, the reboot never happened because – he didn't like the way he was being portrayed and also like the racial stereotypes and Josh refused to change the script. So it <laughs> they tell sounds like that was going to be a really good working relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, hell. that's, that's a little, all right. That's fun facts with Hannah about Drake Bond. <laughs> I've got a lot of random knowledge about those. Yeah. Kinds those kinds of semi- celebrities. So you do actually. I spend a lot of time on YouTube. Hey, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we? Yep. Oh, Alfie, please. Please not now. Like, <laughs> thank you, Alfie. <laughs> thank you, Alfie. Fucking hell. Hang on. Wait, I just have to throw it to everyone. Me just telling everybody who's listening us to us to wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> while I throw, throw a sheepy for Alfie. Alfie. Yeah. All right, let's okay. go. This week, an article in Bustle came out titled, Is Therapy Speak Making Us Selfish? Outlining the experiences of a girl named Anna being dumped by one of her best friends of five years with no room for discussion with the reasoning. And I quote, this is what the friend said to Anna. Yeah. Thank you, Alfie. Um, I'm in a place where I'm trying to honour my needs and act in alignment with what feels right within the scope of my life. And I'm afraid our friendship doesn't quite, uh, doesn't seem to fit in that framework. I can no longer hold the emotional space you've wanted me to and think the support you need is beyond the scope of what I can offer. We wanted to discuss this trend of therapy speak and the HRification of relationships in general and how it's impacted the way we interact. Hannah, what did you think of this article? I really liked it. I think it yeah. was pointing out something that like we'd both spoken about, spoken yeah. about and thought about, but not quite in this. Yeah, it's done. It's done a really nice job of um, articulating, articulating yeah, it and, and, and describing what the actual phenomenon is. Yeah. And I think it's very true. I think what's very interesting about this is that there are, I believe, a lot of benefits to um, mm. learning therapy speak 
in some ways um, to get better at like um, communicating your feelings and emotions, like being more assertive and like, and one thing I've being more articulate or whatever articulate yeah, yeah. and being able to like express how you're feeling without being like aggressive in order yeah. to be able to like work through yeah conflict yeah yeah but I think what's really interesting about this phenomenon and it is like it's using that kind of language or that kind of HR like scope yeah. and um, capacity and that kind of language in order to just like shut things down and to really um, make what is fundamentally a very emotional thing into a very sterile, yeah. non-emotional thing. Yeah. When I think in, if you were going to choose between being wildly emotional yeah. and like crying and breaking down, yeah. you'd actually be better off doing that than you would being really cold and sort of this I calculated agree. about it. It, it also like, sort of like um, <sighs> seeks in some way, I feel like when people use that kind of language to like, change a power dynamic in their favor in a conversation does that make any sense like when someone uses words that are that sort of yet clinical and sterile it becomes as if like they are the correct arbiter of sort of the truth of the situation and that and if you become emotional in as a reaction you're incorrect right because they're the ones that have got their head screwed on and they're level-headed and they're able to go like this is what's not serving me in my capacity blah yeah. da, 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 da. and so they sound like really you know articulate and well thought out and whatever and so therefore can sort of like you take the power or or be the ones that are in charge of the outcome of the conversation or ultimately kind of seem like they've there's no room for discussion um and yeah, I feel like, like you said, it's been well, well documented on the podcast, but like the, the thing I hate the most in this world is therapy speak. I actually right. loathe it. Like I hate, I feel like so many of these buzzwords are like, they're created to justify behavior that like we all like inherently sort of know that is wrong or sometimes it's just fluid behavior or it's just normal behavior. Like, like people like, like words, like I think the nature of human human behavior is that sometimes people are just a certain way and that doesn't make it like toxic or it's not right, gaslighting right. or it's not what I'm just saying these uh-huh, words in like uh-huh. do you know, like it's yeah. sometimes just like people behave in a certain way it's sometimes like that's just Hannah that's just Sarah and it doesn't have to be so prescriptive because it sort of like robs people of fluidity of behavior and emotion and stuff like that to like really box people into things I think it's like sort of I understand why it like operates within a therapy scope because it also like I guess allows like therapists to um, probably efficiently get across some like emotional language to um, their patients, like without having to talk at length um, or do what I do, which is just like talk in circles. Like, but you, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I think I, I just find it to be in as, as the basis of like how we interact as people, like so counterproductive and, and anti-human. <laughs> I agree. I think therapy speaks an interesting thing. Cause when I think of therapy speak, I don't, associate it with a lot of the words that are being used in this way of like yeah calling people narcissists or yeah. toxic or, or those kinds oh, of things yeah um i'm more associated with like a way of like for some reason it occurs to me of like being more assertive in the way that you communicate yeah feeling. yeah because that's something that i've personally yeah. learned through yeah through that kind through therapy like about yeah. being like i feel like this yeah right <laughs> rather right, right. than being like um you're being I don't have the, the capacity <sighs> stuff in the but yeah sucked. I think I think what's really interesting about the idea of labeling people as toxic and narcissistic which is something that this article talks mm. about is um yeah there's a I've got a quote from it saying the proliferation of therapy speakers also inspired some people to assign labels like toxic and narcissistic mm. to certain relationships or behaviors um and I, I agree that I feel feel it makes me feel like we've lost sight of the fact that human beings are multifaceted and yes. we all have the capacity to be toxic yeah. and narcissistic at times to, to do things that yeah. might be deemed toxic. Like, yep. But 100%. in a way of like, we just make mistakes. And I think what's really interesting about this is it, that it talks about the idea of other people having their own interiority, which is yeah. like the idea that we all have our own interior worlds. Yes. And totally. how sometimes when you're talking to people and they're making you feel a certain way or you're feeling a certain way in reaction to what they're yeah. doing, you forget that like, we're all behaving in ways that at least the vast majority of people yeah. um, who have empathy are, are yeah. behaving in ways that are like reflective of a whole number of different experiences yeah. they're having and their own feelings yeah. and everything that's happened in the day and, and all yeah. this stuff. And that doesn't excuse poor behavior, yeah. but it does, it can like give context and explain it. Yeah. And so 100%. half the time I think 
with this stuff. If if you just label something as tox, someone as toxic or narcissistic, you which some people are, yeah. But but there's no way this many people exactly. are. Like it removes Without any the other people the, also being exactly it removes right, yeah. any responsibility for the fact that relationships are between two people. Yes, both with interior worlds. Yeah, and and that like if somebody's behaving poorly, yeah, you can fucking talk to them about it. Yeah, and yeah. and like if you're having an issue with someone, like and if you can't talk to them about it, they won't change their behavior. Then okay, maybe there's yeah, but I still never feel like there's grounds to use language like no. this. I just no, yeah. I agree. I think to, this yeah. is so clinical to the point of I think what you're saying mm. before is that it, it's like it stops anyone from having the right of reply. Yes. Because it's not reacting yeah. to feeling. It's no. reacting to, I don't have capacity. You can't argue with that. No. Yes, you do have capacity. Like, it's and it's just- like, of course you do. If you didn't have capacity, you wouldn't have sent this message. You just would have never yeah. responded to me again. Right. Um, but like- I, Do you almost feel like ghosting is- Yes, that's what than, I always yeah. say. <laughs> that's, and I've, I've always stood on this- like, this um, Hell. hell yeah. Died, died, died on, on this hill. hill. Yeah, because I literally, um, I'm like, I would rather be ghosted than like- either have some sort of fucked up message like that sent to me um, where someone assumes basically in that in that context how I've perceived the entire situation, yeah. if that makes sense. Because, like, when someone's like, I don't have capacity, you're doing X, Y, and Z, it's like, how the f- you don't even know how I've read any yeah. of this. Like, it's like, yeah. and so you can't just tell me that that's what the situation is. Yeah. But anyway, but beyond that, yeah, I just feel like, I would rather just have, or just like you know, what's what's a, what's the fucking other buzzword that people use? Breadcrumbing. I'd rather that. I'd rather just slowly be phased out than right. than have any sort of message sent like that to me ever. Um, or I'd rather have a really highly emotional message sent to me. Yeah, like, like extremely. I don't, don't want to be friends with you anymore. You yeah. make me feel like shit. I fucking hate you. Da da da. I would rather that yeah. be sent to me like, because at least I know it's like from the heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If somebody says to you like uh, I. Like with the, there's a video that this article links by if people want to look it up, it's by um, a TikTok user called Ariana Brandolini, and she's obviously a therapist and makes videos about. And there's one about how to break up with a friend, and I think one of the quotes is, "I don't have capacity to be a good friend to you anymore," or whatever. So it would be better. I burped. Um, I think to <laughs> just be like you're a sh- not that I think you should ever say this, but yeah. I actually think comparatively it would be better be like yeah. you're a shit friend to me, and I don't like how I feel around you, yeah. or I don't like how you treat me. Yeah. It makes me feel like shit, yeah. and I don't want to spend time with you anymore because 100%. it makes me feel shit. Hundred like, percent. That is more honest. It might be cruel and yeah. cutting, but that is more honest than saying I don't have capacity to be a friend to you. To be honest, I like what do you mean capacity. capacity. What am right? I doing? That's so <laughs> fucking. Bad. It's ridiculous. But I also don't even think like. I think most people, when they actually genuinely have at least cared about someone in the past, will never use language that cutting anyway. You'll yeah, always no. curb how you exactly. speak to somebody who exactly. you've cared about. So even if you do feel inside, I fucking hate you, whatever the fuck you want to say, you're never going to say that. You're going to temper your language and you're going to make it a more palatable version of that because you don't. no one actually sets out wanting to hurt someone. But you saying I don't have capacity for you, like whatever the fuck that other message it said in that message, being like I'm honouring my needs, acting in alignment, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff it actually feels worse yeah. in the long run, I think, because and it's it, a cop out. It's a cop of out. Just being, it is is a cop like, out. I think there's two options. You either tell the person, yeah. or you fucking take it on the chin and you keep going and you like that's such his life. Yeah, you you. T- but if you tell the person, yeah. you just like have to be up for yeah uh, debate you have to be up probably. For a fight. Yeah, um, or you just ghost, which yeah. is fucked. But, but it's true. It's, I agree. I agree. <sighs> I think also like what what frustrates me about this is like this sort of the this language I guess it takes language and concepts that were like created more in a sense like in a lot of cases to like protect women from like sort of um, relationships in which they were at risk of like serious harm like either emotional or whatever like so much of this stuff about about like the framework stuff and the right. I I need I don't have capacity I feel like uh-huh. it's like a lot of therapy language takes the like comes stems from stuff that is quite serious dangerous situations and it co-ops them to like service sort of this notion that people feel like if they that people feel they deserved if they don't want to do something in the moment then they don't have to like it justifies that behavior but on a much more minor level and I just think that that's so wrong like sometimes unfortunately you have to see the friend you don't want to see or like you have to turn up to somebody's school play or do you know what I mean or you have you have to work with the person you don't like like it's part of being a human being you can't opt out of every single experience because you 
frankly just don't feel like it yeah like that's actually just think life is a two-way street in many ways and you have to like come to the table for people oftentimes when you don't want to and I understand if there's a long-running you know theme of pattern of a friendship like that's happened in this example where they've obviously felt like I don't know that person is like really draining on them it's sort of I just don't I feel like it should take it should have been way longer or there should have been way more of a tr- um, fade out to get to that point. Like right. it sh- it, it, you should, no one should be shocked by that kind of message. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that should be obvious. People can read signs. Like if someone's like off you, you kind of know. Yeah. So like why sending a message like that out of the blue and like not changing your behavior in the lead up is wild to me. Unless maybe they did in the person that it's about just didn't notice. Well, yeah, may- maybe that that's the too. case. Yeah. But you, if, yeah, you do think that like you give people an indication. That, yeah. But I just think it, it's dumbfounds me because obviously there are like fr- friendships, uh, up and down and they yeah. change and shift yeah. and like hot and cold at different points yeah. in your life. hundred percent. But I think like what, I think that we, when you have a friendship with some, it's hard because yeah, some friendships do end and and that you do get to a point where you just don't feel yeah, like you can be connect anymore. Yeah, usually I feel like that just happens naturally, organically. Yeah, because both people realize yeah that I don't reckon I've ever had a situation where I have to be like I'm actively stopping being friends with someone. Right, like yeah, I mean maybe I'm just lucky, or maybe I think I mean it clearly happens. Yeah, um, but like. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, for the most part, you'd think that there would be um, some sort of care factor in there. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just – I think, like, it's like – the and then this article talks a lot about, like, self-care as the, like, basis for which this operates. And I think it's just become so, like, self-inulated, selfish or whatever because, like, no – relationships don't just work purely on the basis of serving you. No, exactly. you know what I mean. Relationships yeah. are a two-way street, and then you get out what you put in. But also, like, you, you're going to have differences that mm-hmm. either that may potentially lead to like conflict or even dislike at some point. And like, it's up to you to gauge whether or not the dislike or, or the conflict is too much for you to continue going on. But it's like you can't expect everything to just exist on a plane that just suits you. Totally, not every relationship can just suit you. It yeah. has to. It's good. There's gonna be fucking differences, and yeah. that's like life. And this yeah. shit makes it seem like every relationship should purely, purely be in service for what you need at that current moment. That's crazy. That's yeah. narcissistic yeah, yeah, behavior. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing, right? Is yeah. it's like it feels so. I think what you're saying about the idea of relationships and like the, I, the idea that we beyond you know ghosting or, mm. or ending a friendship, but just the idea of like ongoing friendships and what we owe to each other and everything yeah. and the idea that in some cases like if I have had, I've had a really long day mm. and I'm just exhausted and I'm like I'm going out the friend and I'm yeah. just going to be shit company yeah. you'll cancel or whatever I'll cancel yeah, and just yeah. tell them like it's let's reschedule um, yeah. but like I really you know I still want to hang out yeah if it's something like you know their birthday or yeah. It's a really important event for yeah. them. Sometimes you just got to pull up your bootstraps and just cop it. Just turn and up. take it on the chin and turn 100%. up. You turn up for fucking 15 minutes and then leave. Yeah. But sometimes you do have to I agree. put other people's needs above your own purely because it's, it's it's what we owe to each other. I agree. And I think also the idea that that there's – you have to accept that like you connect with people for a reason and mm. there's going to be parts of you that – don't connect. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like oh, all, there's no way. There's no way you can fully connect with any individual yeah. on this planet. There's actually no way. No. And there's going to be different things that you get from different people yeah. and stuff. And it's normal, I think, to like, to like, really like certain things about people, and not yeah. like certain things. And that's because we're all deeply flawed exactly. and also like have incredibly special traits as well. Yeah. Like it's so. 100%. I think that as soon as you're only, if if somebody does something wrong or even consistently is doing yeah. something that annoys you, it it, sh- it should take. I think it should yeah. take a lot for you to want to end a friendship with someone. I agree. I'm talking a lot, I you agree. know, I and consistent behavior where you're yeah. like, this is irredeemable. Yeah. I to agree. Like, I com- could not agree yeah. more, especially a close friend. Like this person yeah. was describing that, like they've been friends for five years and they were close friends and stuff like yeah. a fucking acquaintance. It's just like, Oh, if you just never message them again, it may yeah. not matter. And that's whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're talking about your best friends here, you, d- you don't do that. Yeah. Even if they are like f- fucking you up, but like in any, whatever way you either one speak to them about, give them, 
the benefit of the doubt and allow them, like not allow them, because it's not allowing anyone the opportunity to change. That's I'll, give ridic- the, I'll give you the honour of speaking to me. me. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I think you, yeah. like every. I think it's and it's hard for people to like grapple with. It's hard, for, and I'm not saying it's not hard for me as well. There's mm. so many times where we all get annoyed with each other, and like you think you're in the right because it's you're the only point of view that you can ever see. But like tempering that emotion because you like love someone or they're your be- you know best friend or whatever. That's so important to be like. I have to bring bring this back down to earth and realize, yeah, that, you know, being at capacity is kind of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also try to like think about thinking about where the other person is coming from yeah. and why they might be behaving mm-hmm. or thinking or speaking in a certain way yeah. is like the, the it's paramount. It's uh, empathy, yeah, it, you yeah, know, it, even if they're doing things that that make you uncomfortable, yeah. or like yeah. So I'm just yeah, I, I, I this doesn't mean you have to put up with shit. No, you and know. you can call – it's not saying that. Call shit yeah. out, do whatever, whatever you have to do, but just do it in a way that's not, like, immediately self-serving all, like, yeah. f- all the time or, like, do it with layers to your interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, you know, human relationships cannot be cannot be defined in labels in the way that a lot of this kind of therapy-speak HRification defines them as. And I think that's the problem because people immediately go, oh, that's toxic or that's whatever because – it doesn't fit this like really speci- like specific binary yeah. that has been prescribed in in these cases and like so so it's sort of changing the way that people view normal human interactions where yeah. like some people just suck sometimes yeah. and sometimes they're great and sometimes yeah. they're whatever and like it's just it is what it is mm. like it's and you are too yeah. newsflash like it just not everything can be good all the time I know it's hard to anyway. not think that you're not a perfect human being. But. Yeah, but, and it is hard, but it's also – I just don't get how, like – anyway, we've been going on for ages. Yeah, we but, should move on. Yeah. Um, I'm introing this, but I need to get water, so I'm going to – Yeah, you go, and okay. I'll just um, – I'll sing um, – And if I can't be close to you, I'll settle for the ghost of you. I miss you more than life. And if you turn be next to me, your memory is ecstasy. I miss you more than life. Hannah's back now. What song is that? That was Ghost by Justin Bieber. Oh, I know that song. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad. I hope you all enjoyed that. Yeah. So back in February, TikTok conducted a test on their Australian market by, according to Guardian, quote, limiting the number of songs some users could post. This was apparently done without warning and impacted Australian artists with some unable to post their own songs. Um, The test was meant to determine whether, quote, popular music was driving time spent on the app. So this has sparked concerns around the power that TikTok has over the Australian music industry um, and the industry in general um, and which songs or artists can get exposure. Um, We're going to be talking about this phenomenon today, partly prompted by an article written for The Guardian by Ben Eltham. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I, it was a funny duality, isn't it, with like social media and music? Because like I think everybody's first assumption with it is that it's a good thing because it means everybody totally. and anyone from anywhere can find your music, which like previously yep. was impossible. Um, but I think because like now a huge amount of that discoverability comes from an algorithm based in a chi- on a Chinese company's whim, I suppose, um, freaks people out because like there's no I, I don't know it it just is all determined by one kind of faceless figure mm-hmm. uh, who is going to get promoted in that sense. And and therefore you think about what would the motivations of said faceless figure be, usually profit. So then you think about, well, what, who's can pay the most? And then that's where it starts to get muddy. And it's like, is social media really the vehicle in which everybody sort of thinks it or hoped it would be, or it was in the early stages. That was like, I don't know, my first thought. Well, the thing like, is. Yes and no, it's kind of hard, right? Um, I often think, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I often think that there are sort of moral panics around changes in the music industry and how it's going to affect artists. You know, the, the, the most recent example of this was the digital, digital revolution and how streaming and even prior to Spotify, but how people pirating music online was going to affect the industry and how it did affect the industry. Um, and you know, that eventuated in the creation of 360 deals um, mm-hmm. anyone who wants to look into that should look into deep dives videos on the Pussycat Dolls. The, um, no, there's also a great fight between Joe Budden and Lil Yachty 
on um it, yeah and just two like joe button's like a rapper who then hosted yeah. this show yeah. anyway lil yoni he was like you signed a 360 deal it's a great fight just look it okay. up on youtube it's so funny so 360 yeah. deals the first person that ever the first artist that was ever signed a 360 deal pussycat dolls Fun interesting fact. um that's when they're like yeah oh, sorry you explain 360 deal is when artists are signed to not only previously to 360 deals record labels made money through the sales of records obviously with um the digital revolution that was no longer possible. Yeah. Um, or it was partially possible. That's not where money was coming from. Mm. And so labels took it upon themselves to create 360 deals where they get a cut of the singer's merch, um, touring, like yeah. all anything that is part of the artist's brand, the record label has control over. In the Pussycats Dolls example, it was they basically owned them. Yeah. Like it was like who got the money from yeah. behind the corporation of the Pussycat Dolls was the founder and this other dude from the label and they were paid as employees. That's fucking crazy. But there's like – it's kind of like controversial, I think, like when – to know that someone signed to a 360 deal, well, at least in the case of this Joe Budden fight, he was like, you're whack. Like that's like you're a loser if you're signed to a 360 deal because you've you've gotten played, basically. Totally. But beyond that – Nicki Minaj and Remy Ma, also there was a fight – Nikki's. I never signed at 360. Right. Bitch, you well done. Anyway. So, yeah. But, like, the thing is, sorry, I've got a bit of a tangent there, but record That's labels fine. still have a piece, their fingers in all the pies. Like, even if yes. you're on a, on a 360 deal, yeah. three, record yeah. labels are still Getting um, percentage often, yeah. like, it's why there's, like, um, often, like, a uh, touring part and a mm. <clears throat> record um, part yeah. arm of the yeah. same group. So, anyway, sorry, tangent, but my point was is that – I think that there's always kind of overall panic around how things are going to affect the industry. Um, Like, you know, referencing the fact that TikTok and algorithms control how we access music um, or, you know, how paid people can be paid, influencers can be paid to use certain music or the fact that there's these mystery Mm. men um, running a corporation Mm. who are making decisions around what, what gets um, coverage or what gets used or prioritized. But I think that we need to remember that music industry has always been controlled by 100%, certain overlords some who dictate person, yeah. faceless people who dictate what gets listened to, and they're motivated by usually profit. Yeah, it's just that it used to be on radio or on MTV, yeah. and everybody thought that video was going to um, video was going to kill the radio star. Yeah, um, and now it's TikTok. Like, yeah. I, and I might be being a bit obtuse here, but I actually stand by this. I think that um, there's just a shift around where this influence actually comes from and yep. sits. And while it was once in radio yep. and TV, it's now shifting towards um, – oh, and Spotify even, yeah. and like recommendations on Spotify, it's now shifting towards TikTok, which is yep. just another and, – and YouTube as well, but another frontier of how the industry yep. has to tackle – Um, Change because it's always going to change like this. That's the thing. Yeah. The only like, and I agree with you. And I actually think like overall, um, it is probably more beneficial for up and coming artists. I think it's a weird. People are obviously just yeah resistant to the sort of model changing. And I would say the net outcome would be positive for up and coming people. Be more easy to be discovered um, than ever has been. Particularly with TikTok, just because of how easy it is to get in front of people you don't know. Whereas YouTube and stuff is harder. like, yeah, but I, I understand a little bit the, like, um, longing for that sort of radio DJ, like, exposure kind of thing. Like, I don't, a lot of artists that, like, people wouldn't even, probably don't even realise, but, like, w- got their sort of start because, like, one or two particular DJs, like, really yeah. liked yeah. them and, like, went for them. And those are people who, like, you kind of, like, uh, listeners gained a trust with. And I suppose that's, like, similar to podcasts now. If we randomly interviewed, like, up-and-coming musicians, potentially you guys would be like, oh, I'll listen to them because I trust Sarah and Hannah's opinion. And I guess it's a similar thing of, like, Lana Del Rey comes to mind. I think there was someone in the BBC, actually, who really – um, BBC Radio, who really played like video games a lot. Oh, that's when really it, cool. uh, when she yeah. first saw it on MySpace and really gave Lana that chance. And those are people who are like passionate about music. It's not necessarily profit driven for the DJs. Like they're hosting, you know, a radio show and they hear an artist and they really give them the time. And that model probably doesn't exist in the same way anymore, particularly on something like TikTok where you're just like scrolling through. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a YouTuber you really like who's like fucking listen to this guy. And again, that's sort of a similar mo- a model. So yeah, not all hope is lost. Um I I think we have yeah. to remember like I think the fear with that is that it's algorithms instead yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still people on the platforms. Totally. That are you know, curating it's the algorithm. PHPRC yeah. is a great example yeah. of someone who was really big on TikTok and she's Australian as well. Mm. And has since has quite a successful music career. Yeah. Um, 
like it's still people yeah. using those platforms. If a certain influencer or person happens to choose a certain song, which sometimes it might be paid, but sometimes people might just choose songs because they like they, them. They like the song, And yeah. then the song blows up. Like the most random shit has blown up on TikTok. Yeah. Like you might think that it's all, it's all algorithm generated. It is. But like sometimes random shit happens. Well, and I, you know? Oftentimes I think that like, you know, no matter how hard, and we've seen this with like so many songs. We've spoken about this before. So many songs trying to like, they're trying to like, f- I don't know, pigeon, yeah, pigeon get hole? something, but trying to fit a triangle into circle square or whatever. Into a square. Circle. Yeah, they're trying it's to make sneakers. something. Yeah, literally trying to make something fit into this. Force fit? M- yeah, force the fit of um of a song to be a TikTok like viral TikTok song or whatever. Like everybody references Drake's um, Tussie Slide in that or like Justin Bieber's Yummy. And like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of examples of songs like Megan Trainor's Mother clearly was obviously meant to like try to be a TikTok moment. But the ones that have actually kind of like had the staying power oftentimes are the ones that have just been things that people have naturally found. Yeah. Like it's, it happens it's, on TikTok. Yeah, where all things the just time. Pop off. Yeah. yeah, all the time. And like old songs as well just get randomly rediscovered. Mm-hmm. All the time, like there's so many random Lana Del Rey songs that are from like years and years ago, not new ones that just are like trends for ages. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time, and so like I think, I think that Lizzie McAlpine song. What's that? Um, is it's not real and you don't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. listened to that song for a while. I think it came out a few years ago. Yeah. And now it's popping off on TikTok. Yeah. Like, it's not an old song, but it's like... But it's, it's a few... It's just random. It's just a random... She's like a folk pop singer. Yeah. It's not like it's... No, yeah. and it's not... Yeah, it wasn't specifically written no. for the algorithm. So I, I like... Even though that stuff is disheartening to see, and we there was another article that we um sort of looked at for this as well that was talking about how sh- songs are so much shorter now because of right. streaming and, yeah. how, and how it doesn't... There's like a certain payout if you don't get... I'm wrong. That song came out paid, last year. You get paid less if um, you don't get a full listen to the song. So artists are making their songs really short so that they get can ensure that they get a full listen, which is I think is shit because that's actually messing with more the craft of of songwriting in like kind right. of a major way. Um, and even though you know there's arguments for radio edits and stuff, but I still think like like a song that's like 80 seconds is fucking a really fucking short song. Yeah, like that's kind of crazy. It's not really a song, but anyway, I think overall the impact is still probably positive. I agree. And I think that those things like shorter songs or yeah. like anything that happens with that, they're, they're, it's going to be a flash in the pan. I agree, yeah. You know, like the things like you said before about um, how TikTok brings back old songs, songs that have staying power mm-hmm. will always have have the real – um, I can't really meat and bones, but like the the bread and butter or whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah, that'll be the bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of a good song, you definitely. Know? Yeah, and, th- and music music should change, and the way that yeah. we access music will and continue to change. Yeah, definitely. And so I think that like a real thing, important thing, I think for I mean, obviously we specifically around the Australian music industry, but um, the digital right, they quoted the digital rights watch guy James Clark, and he said we need to see a bigger investment in public sector content in the ABC funding for community media and ensuring there are vibrant public spaces out there. I'm not sure yeah. whether that's, I mean, I'm not an expert, but yeah. I hear that and I'm like, I feel like, because then he went on to say these digital platforms capture audiences and then they capture creatives. We need to look at how to break down their power. And I'm like, I think breaking down their power in terms of potentially having not letting like, them have a full monopoly over everything. Yeah, yeah. like having a, a content quota for local content yes. uh, within Australia over TikTok is a good idea. But I think the priority should be trying to work with TikTok and not against it. Because I agree. It, as we've seen time and time again, these types of online platforms, that when they become this popular and people yeah. really use this, them in this way, they're here to stay. And you'd, they'd, I think musicians and labels would do better and the government yeah. to like appreciate uh, – like. Except the fact that it's it's and here. And see what a great tool it can be. Yeah. And work with it. I think the issue is that TikTok wants to prove that they can cut back on royalties given to artists for streams. Yeah. That's where it becomes dicey. But Yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing. And I was thinking about this as in in terms of um, uh, having content quotas and stuff. Because that's something that exists in TV in Australia. I don't know if anyone knows this. But um, there are... Uh, certain a number there's a certain number of hours that all the networks have to commission of Australian made Australian led content per year um, and that is in order to preserve the Australian television industry and there was, used to also be a content for kids television which is why we made some of the best kids TV in the world which actually when my mum was on the podcast she spoke at length about true this. Um, 
That's why, yeah, all your favorite childhood shows were so fucking good because they had to spend this much money on right. on those shows. And that that slowly went away because the network sort of lobbied against the kids' TV stuff because it doesn't rate very highly. Um, and then they've been chipping away at the drama um, quotas for a long time and the Morrison government sort of allowed them a bit of leeway in that. But it's gone back now and they're actually forcing the streamers. Uh, so Netflix, everybody who's here, they have to spend um, – they have the content quotas as well now, which mm. is – phenomenal for the Australian TV industry. Really, really good. Because right. it boys an industry that traditionally operates on extremely low margins and extremely low budgets, unless it's, you know, your big reality series, like your maths and stuff, but mm-hmm. drama and your scripted content. And people often go, why is Australian TV so shit? No money no to money. make it. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no money to make it. And so, and it, like, you know, yeah, and that's whatever. It's a whole other argument about population and stuff in and of itself. But um, it's. I was thinking about how how do they do this with – things like Spotify and and whatever, like streaming platforms or TikTok, because I, I guess it's different for streaming services or networks because they commission the content. They ask for that content to be specifically made most times, unless it's an acquisition, which is not, a, probably wouldn't qualify for like the funding quotas and stuff. So what, given the fact that music is already made and then kind of the, the they just platform the music does that make sense like yeah. Spotify just plat- how does it operate is it like do they have to put it to the top of the algorithm i would say is that, that. Like what I it would be I, like, i'm i mean look i don't know exactly but, but that's that, what that's i would not assume money being invested that's more so like exposure investment i like, would yeah. say that that's probably what it is i yeah. mean that would be my guess is that it's like ensuring that a certain number of it would be like a percentage of australian um users yeah this is my guess I yeah. don't know if this is right but a certain number of Australian users would have to see a certain amount of content that features Australian Australian artists, artists in their music yeah per month or something I month yeah. something like that because they'd have a way of controlling that of ensuring because oh, 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 totally. even what yeah. they did it, the whole thing that sparked this was the fact that they it temporarily blocked Australia, some Australian yeah. users from posting, posting certain yeah. songs. So they de- they have the ability, I think, to filter what people are seeing. Definitely. Australians might not like that because it means that they might be accessing a different TikTok than their, everybody else. But that, that we already are. So like, yeah, exactly. You know, well, you already get such localised content on TikTok exactly. anyway. So, so like, it wouldn't be that hard for them to ensure that, no. that there's a certain number of Australian creators that are being prioritised in people's feeds, which I think yeah. would be actually a cool idea yeah, music-wise. All right. Okay. Um, okay, quick word from our sponsor. This episode of The Second Estate is proudly brought to you by Je- Jesse Nelson's new single, Bad Thing. Listen now on your preferred streaming service. For every 10 streams, the jingle ball will be more ready. Does she do have a new that? single? Yeah, do you get that joke? You know, she goes, jingle ball, are you ready? And then it's oh. dead silent. <laughs> have you listened to it yet? Yeah, I think it's about like domestic violence or something. Sorry for making a joke everyone but yeah i don't know if anyone's listened to it okay well i will be listening to it yeah immediately there's like quite a serious music i actually might have just made that up but there's a very serious music video i'm almost it gonna say it's in well. black and white okay no i made that up she's doing it all without a record label <laughs> she got dropped didn't she she's just anyway. like chance the rapper <laughs> yeah all right so moving on ariana grande she a few days ago dropped. <laughs> what she would have yeah what? She would have got dropped from her label. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure yeah. she did after that single. Anyway, Ariana Grande posted a TikTok video last week addressing um, recent online discourse surrounding her body and weight loss, saying that we shouldn't comment on people's bodies and that you never know what someone is going through behind how their body appears. Um, so this has sparked a lot of further discussion online um, just about body shaming and, you know, how we speak about public figures and their appearances. And so we wanted to talk about it today. Sarah, thoughts? Um, I have a few like conflicting thoughts on this mm-hmm. matter. I think like <sighs> I would love to say like as a blanket rule, like it's always off limits to talk about someone's body, but I just don't think that that's the case mm-hmm. because like I think if someone's just gained or lo- lost a bit of weight, then that's fucking weird and you don't need to have that discussion necessarily. But because we have entered into an era now where people are physically augmenting their bodies like surgically um, or potentially not surgically but via injection, like ozempic and shit um to specifically create or curate influence or clout um via the way that they look it's not an unwarranted conversation to have does yeah. that make sense i'm mm-hmm. not saying that that's the case within ariana Gr- yeah, I, I, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's the case with ariana grande i think she did just like lose weight and people were concerned which is i don't know if they were concerned i think they were just like oh she lost weight and let's talk about it but um i think that it's not the, the general blanket statement and it's always off limits to talk about people's bodies particularly people who operate in the in the realm of like kardashian-esque where you know their bodies are actually their 
a commodity a commodity their capital yeah their capital sorry um currency their currency yes that's where it's um i I think it's okay to discuss it see i had that thought too and i think that that's because that feeds into the broader conversation around what Ariana Grande was saying, not specifically about her, but about that in general we shouldn't yeah. comment on people's bodies and talk about people's bodies. And I had that same thought about when it comes to people clearly surgically altering mm. or using Ozempic or those kinds of things, do we then – is the other conversations around bodies warranted or actually helpful? Yeah. And part of me thought, well, maybe, but then if we weren't having those conversations and we just were – that wasn't part of the dialogue. Yeah. Which is just never going to happen, by no. the way. But if we weren't as obsessed with people's bodies yeah. and speaking about their bodies and how they've changed, would – I think that the result would be that there'd be less of it because it yes. would be less of a, like a – The reason Hamster that – wheel, effectively. Exactly. Yeah. I think the reason that, that we ta- – that it is such a big thing and we're so obsessed with – with weight loss yeah. and, and body modification and stuff is because they do it and it gets us talking and then we keep talking about yeah. it. P- journalists and, and and content creators yeah. talk about it and post about it and then we keep clicking on it and it becomes this like hamster wheel thing. Yeah. So I think in an ideal world, if we just stopped caring, caring about yeah. people's bodies and talking about people's bodies, I mean, it would be a whole... Utopia, probably. Well, it would just be a completely different world. It would be a very, very different world. I I think. I I wonder, like, if this is maybe this is like a really cynical, like, annoying way. But I just feel it's impossible. I I just feel it's an impossible thing for any, and like, not even in some sort of. I don't think people have malicious intent. It's just we exist within bodies. Yeah, they're the physical representation of who we are. It's really hard for people to ignore them. Yeah. You know, like it's... I know. I just, I think... Negatively you, or positively, you know. With Ariana like, Grande in this specific example, I don't know if you... Um, I went on a bit of a, like, I just wanted to see... Because I was like, okay, what's she referring to? Like, what kind of... Yeah. What are people saying? And I just Googled, like, Ariana... Uh, on YouTube, Ariana Grande body shaming. And some of the videos that had been made in the past, mm. like, I think it's come to quite a head in the last couple yeah. oh, of really? weeks or few months. But there, you know, those, like, tea spill channels. Yeah. I saw some thumbnails that were, like, Ariana Grande in danger with, like photos of her and like stuff that like it's just fucked is really cruel and like all these people being like it's normal to be like concerned i'm concerned about her because she's you know lost all this weight blah 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 and thinks it's anorexia or or whatever but the thing is for one thing if i don't know about ariana grande's situation and if she is actually struggling with an eating disorder as people are concerned about the incessant Oh. incessant obsession with her body and her physical appearance and the comments and the YouTube yeah. videos and the articles and stuff. That doesn't help. No. It's actually, it doesn't, if anything, it's incredibly cruel and it would probably make it worse. Yes. <clears throat> I, I, so, concur, I agree. I think it would be unbelievably isolating. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Be a celebrity and to be, for your looks to be scrutinized by millions of people. But, and, and this is part of the reason, like you're saying, the hamster wheel kind of exists because that's part of the reason that they go fucking insane and then yeah. change their faces or their bodies in such drastic ways, mm-hmm. which then make people talk more. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine what it would be I like to have so, that it, many people comment about the way you look all the time. That video of her, I just it made me feel really sad because, like, you know, I, I've like I'm not going to even make a point comment about what her situation might be, but her point about the fact that you really don't ever know yeah. what someone's going through. Yeah. That is. You know, and this has been compared to when Selena Gomez recently came out and said that because um, there were comments about her weight, her apparent weight gain. Yeah. And she was talking about, <clears throat> sorry, how her lupus medication Makes affects her, her weight. Yeah. And like, I think what we need to remember is that you actually, you think often, just even in day-to-day life, that commenting on someone, if someone's lost weight, that, yeah. it's, that it's a compliment. Yeah. And we're so used to that being a yeah. compliment. But you actually genuinely don't know if somebody's lost weight because they have an eating disorder yeah, if, it's, if it's a negative sort of connotation and they've yeah. been really sick recently and so they can't eat if they're really yeah. anxious and that's yeah. stopping them from being like there are so many things that b- beyond just oh i've been eating really well and, and trying really hard yeah. to lose weight um and so totally. it if and also if somebody then gains weights and weight and people stop commenting it that has the same effect of like oh, totally so she is right and yes. i feel for her that she has to experience it in such a dramatic and full-on way but I agree with you in this really sad way that it's like, are we ever going to get past the fixation that we have on bodies, bodies, especially women's bodies? We've reached kind of an interesting 
uh, like convergence of culture with like two ideas, which is like this idea of, you know, body positivity and not commenting on other people's appearance and that kind of thing. And then appearance being the major driving force behind every single social media platform that we use or basically like all of capital at the moment or particularly online. And I think there's a reason, unfortunately, or maybe not unfortunately, I don't know, that TikTok and Instagram blew up and have blown up on a level that something like Twitter like have has never yeah do you know what i mean like it's because of the mm-hmm. visual aspect mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. it's because you can see what somebody looks like right and you know it's the same way the magazines had the influence that they used to have and um film and tv and whatever like it's because of it's because of the way people look and like <clears throat> in whatever way that manifests um mm-hmm. and yeah that's the initial struggle that i had was hearing people doesn't even mean you have to be hot to get no, popular no, no. it's just that no people it's just because people like visually s- being able to, to see you, see you. Yeah. yeah and like i think i mean it's not to say that like audio obviously people have listened to music fucking billions of people listen yeah, to, people yeah, listen yeah. to podcasts. it's not to say yeah but like i mean i guess i think about our podcast within the fact that like it blew up when we had a visual element to yeah it. You know, and like blew it's up. like blew, blew up, guys. We're huge. huge. Joe Rogan vibes. Yeah, um, blew up was definitely the wrong phrase. Yeah. Eat your heart out. Watch, um. watch out, Alex Cooper. Cooper. Um, and and uh, yeah. Anyway, I just think that like there's such human beings just have such an affinity for the visual that it's really hard to to sort of pretend like you're not noticing. Yeah, and like, well, you know, I don't know, and. I agree that the dialogue shouldn't be like that because it's just cruel and unnecessary. And I think obviously celebrities end up living in sort of this horrible um, vacuum of constant negative comments about the way that they look, um, which doesn't happen for like day-to-day people. Most people's experience, like I guess posting on social media would be within the context of their own friends and they would just hype them up. Like you get hate, obviously the more public that you are or publicly you expose yourself and stuff. But I, um, yeah, I'm just, curious as to where this goes because you have people like Bella Hadid sort of reposted yeah. uh, Ariana Grande's thing and like obviously you know we speak at length about the Kardashians and how they physically augment their bodies and it's hard for me to pretend like I feel the same maybe sympathy for people like that who actually make all their money off of physically changing their bodies than someone like Ariana Grande who is a singer she's exactly, you know yeah. like and so I, I agree yeah it's it is a really tricky conversation and and um I, I don't know if there's a there's no wrong or right answer, but yeah, it's hard. I sympathize with her. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean Bella did did chime in, and she she li- posted a list on her notes app thing about like a list of non appearance based compliments. Yeah, and my reaction to that was like, you are a supermodel. Yeah, your work is, is fundamentally your- based around the way that you look yeah. and how you genetically or not genetically have have, have been blessed mm. to look. Your work is solely based around how you look yes so the idea that you would be out there telling people not to comment on physical appearance feels a little rich because it's like you're in an industry that feeds disordered eating and prioritizes women's physical appearances i'm not saying like she's I'm, not at fault for the no, industry I, existing. i'm not being like oh you shouldn't yeah. exist as a supermodel i'm just but it, it's hard to take that kind of feedback or like yeah. a list of non-appearance compliments yeah. you can use today it's like do you realise the, yeah. the impact you have as a supermodel? It, that, it well, just, it's, it's also like it's really well and good for someone like you who probably gets appearance-based feedback constantly. All the time, and, and, yeah. And potentially, yes, negative, but overwhelmingly positive because people literally right. pay you money to put their clothes on. So that means you must look good in some capacity. And so that's and know that like, your physical appearance is part of – is literally your job. Is yeah, coveted, yeah, by, coveted yeah. by millions of women around yeah. the world. Um, and your style and whatever is, is – you know, people – yeah, they covet what Bella Hadid has and she – and. Many of like women of her acknowledge elk. that first before you t- give me a list of well, but also non-appearance like, for a lot of women like because of what you are, and I'm not blaming Bella Hadid specifically, but like because of the industry in which she operates, like appearance-based compliments actually can be the goal sometimes. Yeah, because they they want what she has, they want mm-hmm. the feedback that she has, and it's so amazing. I'm sure many women in the world like ex- who don't look like Bella or whoever uh, get those other compliments. But they're like, yeah, but I fucking want the ones that like the women that I like see every day on Instagram. One of get. the comments, one of the compliments she had in her list was your confidence inspires me. And I <laughs> saw a comment from someone that said, if someone told me my confidence inspires me, I'd probably end it all. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was like, 
literally so true um like imagine someone's that your confidence is for you'd be like what sorry like <laughs> Okay. I don't know um, how you mean that, but I don't want to. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't want you to elaborate. Yeah. No. I think. Um. I really feel for Ariana Grande, and I like. I, I really. I feel awful that she felt that like she had to speak up about this. Um. Because yeah, it's, I think in these cases it is something that I hope that you know. Even though I feel the same as you, like a little bit um, hopeless mm. about the future, but I do hope like in our day to day interactions. Yeah that the way that we talk about our own bodies yeah. and other, other people's people, bodies yeah. has shifted and will continue to shift. Like even yeah. the way that like I think our our parents' generation, if you're watching TV and how yeah. certain people's bodies would be commented on. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is changing. Um, yeah, I would say so too. Yeah, I think yeah. that we as women are less critical of our – I mean of our yeah. bodies maybe not, but of yeah. other people's of bodies. Of other people, yeah. And we don't speak the same way I don't think – about other women in the way that no. previous generations might have. So I think that That's things, true, yeah. I think things I agree. incrementally in, yeah, shift. Bit, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where people don't comment on physical appearance. Or don't care about physical appearance. Yeah. But I hope that we are on some kind of path to something a bit better in that way. So I agree. I agree. Shall we move yeah. on? So to finish up, we're doing um, the top three characters thing. We've done it before for mm. um, Gossip Girl and for, Glee, I think we did it. Glee. This time we're doing the Disney Channel Golden Era. Yeah. We, so it's our favourite characters from the Disney Channel Golden Era. Yes. Do you want to start with number three? Yeah. Number three for me is Raven Simone. I don't oh, know great what her, one. I don't know what her actual character – Baxter. Raven Baxter. Raven Baxter. Sorry. Yeah, great choice. Yeah, yeah. What's yours? Uh, mine's London Tipton. Okay. All right. Yeah. At least we'll overlap. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, What's okay. yours? Um, my second one is London Tipton. Okay. Yeah. Mine's Sharper Evans. Does she count? Because it wasn't. A, uh, it was yeah, originally okay. on Disney Channel. Yeah. Yeah, I remember as clear as day. Um, I'm gonna say the most nepho baby thing ever right now. Okay. So just let me have it. Um, <laughs> um, Acknowledging your privilege. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember before High School Musical came out. Um, Mum, uh, if you listen to many episodes ago, she uh, produced H2O Just Add Water, and um, so because of you that, you don't deserve to be here. Right I now. don't deserve to be here. Right? I don't deserve to be in my huge podcast that blew up. Yeah, you don't deserve um, to exist, actually. I don't. Actually, anyway, so that's what... You don't deserve it, food. It was on Disney Channel. <laughs> and the one of the Disney Channel people gave her High School Musical early to be like, can you... You told yeah, me this. Can you see if your kids like this? Because we were of that age. If your kids like this, because yeah. we will program. I think it might have already been programmed in the States, but they were just like, oh, we have this movie, see if they like it. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was like, this is so fucking lame. That's <laughs> so <laughs> Which is funny. so funny because then I obviously changed my tune entirely when it actually came out. Yeah. But yeah, just a bit of a flex. Everybody. Yeah, love that. Cancel right, me. Number one. Have you said number two? Oh, Sharp Sharp Evans. Right. Lizzie McGuire. Oh, why did I not say Lizzie McGuire? I just completely blamed. Who's yours? Hannah Montana. Fuck, she's not. Yeah. Oh, uh, look. I actually think because I even in high school, yeah, I'm talking year twelve, yeah. was rewatching Lizzie McGuire. Yeah, like I would rewatch that. She shit started now. it all. Yeah, like she was, she was well, really the. I the think blueprint. even Stevens technically started. No, it. no, it did. But in terms of that female-led, yeah. le- like kind of funny coming of age esque teen show that was on Disney Channel, there was it was Lizzie. I do. I was a big Hannah Montana girly though, so I, I love Hannah Montana too. I, but I, I think I probably should have put Lizzie in there. But I think that it's important that we have the two queens acknowledged. Yes, today that's true. Because that's I number think one. that not Hannah Montana the character, obviously Miley Stewart, mm. but her, Miley slash Hannah. That, yeah, you know, yeah. that girly, um, huge influence on the world and myself. Um, yeah, and of literally. course Lizzie McGuire, Hilary Duff. I watched Cinderella Story the other day. Fuck, it's a My great gosh. movie. She is just killer cast. Imp- Oh yeah, huge oh, cast, insane. Yeah, like ins- especially by today's standards. I know. It's like, Who would have thought you'd look back at that film and be like, "That's one of the best casts I've ever seen." Yeah, like right. Reg- who is it? Regina King, Chad <clears throat> Michael Murray, um, uh, Jennifer Coolidge, and oh, Hilary Duff. Hilary Duff. Who else? I want to say like the friend or someone went on to be someone, but I can't really remember. You know what was actually weird about this movie? Another yeah. fun fact because I can't yeah. watch a movie without researching every single one of the yeah. actors. I, I get that. But um, I can't remember her name, but she's one of the, the um, evil stepsisters or whatever. Yes, yeah. The redhead one. Yeah. I remember looking at her and I was like, I've never seen her in anything else. Yeah. Like yeah. what has she been in just like a Hallmark movie since? Yeah. She stopped acting. 
What? She was in like s- Kay Panabaker and she's a zoologist now. Remember we had that conversation? Facts. Yeah. No, but like it's not even that she's a zoologist. Yeah. Can't find a trace of her. Wow. She was in but she was in that and she was in like something else Disney adjacent. Yeah, like yeah. not Cadet Kelly, but something, something like, like that. that. It yeah. was something with um Brucey Carlson Romano. No, I think it was something with Katie Holmes. Oh, okay. Like a TV movie type of, type of Another deal. big-ish yeah. one, yeah, like yeah, a Cinderella yeah. story. So she was in some big movies yeah. and then she just stopped. And she dropped out of high school to pursue acting, Do you allegedly. Think she, maybe she went back to school? Maybe. But I just find that wild. That like, is crazy. And now I might get Holly on the case to find her. Yeah, you know get when, Holly on the case. So I'm like, I don't, if I just found out she was a doctor now, then I'd be like, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that I don't have that information easily accessible yeah. bothers me. You can't find anything. No, there's yeah. an author. I didn't try that hard, mm. but there's an author. Holly with, will find her. Yeah, I'm going to get Holly to find her. So anyway. Yeah. um, as I don't know, I've probably told this story so many times, but Holly found Peaches Geldof's private Facebook after she died. <laughs> Which isn't funny, rest in peace. But the fact that Holly found that is Holly insane. can find some literally anything. Yeah. All right. So um, if you listen this far into the episode, what should they comment, Sarah? Uh, maybe your favorite, like Disney character. Mm. Yeah. On our latest Instagram post, which should be going up tomorrow morning, so Tuesday morning. Yeah. If you listen to the far end of the episode, please actually do it. A lot of you did it last week, and it yeah, actually really helped boost the post. It so did, thank you. Because we got really angry, and yeah, you we did. All so please do it again. Comment your favorite Disney Channel character yeah. from that like golden era. Um, and then if you haven't reviewed us on whatever podcast yeah. platform you listen to, please do. It really also, helps can us. Can I say something about the reviews? Five stars. I don't really want like. It feels like something you might not. You, be I don't doing think you that. can legally ask for five stars. So legally, yeah, I don't think you can. Oh really? Okay, lock me up. <laughs> yeah, oh. guys, just leave whatever review you think is accurate. If that happens to be five stars, which it for most. Have people you ever reviewed be. an Uber not five stars? An Uber? Mm. Uh, no. Yeah. Have you? Um, I don't think so. Unless it's been really bad. There was one guy who didn't pick me up and charged me. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. gave him fucking zero stars. Yeah, yeah. And complained, but no. no. I tried getting in a cab the other night and from the city to Richmond. And he was like, that'll be $40 and wouldn't put the meter on. And I was like, you're a fucking idiot. And slammed the car door. You said that? Yeah, I was like, fuck off. I love off. that. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah. So, do that. And please follow us on whatever platforms. We have, which are, you have to figure them out. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. That's all. Thank you so much for listening as always. I'm hungry. Yeah. Yep. All, all right. right. Bye. Bye.